Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. This is Coach Nino Villa, and alongside me, my partner on the airways, as always, it's Sarah Jones. Hi, Sarah. Hello, hello. How are you, and where are you, and what are you up to nowadays? <laughs> I, I I feel like maybe all you listeners out there, do you get tired of hearing this? Like, or or is this something that you enjoy? I don't know, but um, let us know. Um, I am doing very well. Thank you. We are still in Southern Texas. Um, it has been kind of windy here, but I'm not going to lie. The ability to just walk out. I envy all the people that can walk out and just walk out their houses, their apartments, their condos, whatever, and just be on a beach. Um, because I'm trying to soak up as much beach time as possible here because it really is amazing. Peaceful gives me, you know, that time to just to think, to just spend time really in nature, to watch people. Um, it's so powerful. And I don't think I get enough of that in other areas. Um, and I don't take advantage maybe in other areas as I do when we're close to the beach. So soaking mm -hmm. up beach time while we're here. It sounds amazing. Um, obviously, I'm landlocked here in Arizona, and there is no beach to speak of. And so uh, it, it does. It sounds incredibly uh, pleasant. It just, I wish, there's a little, a little envy, but I'm going to get over that real quick. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I, I too want to encourage our listeners. Let us know if you like the checking in with Sarah segment. Um, I've I've heard feedback that uh, people do look forward to, you know, what you're up to and where you are. Um, I think some of us are living vicariously through you. Uh, you know, I know my wife and I have talked about kind of uh, after the kids are grown and out of the house, like, hey, maybe we get an RV and just just set sail and, and move about the country. So uh, learning about your adventures uh, helps to shape whether or not we're actually going to do that. Mm -hmm. You could do it with the kids being home now. You were, you were, we talked about homeschooling before. I mean, That's there's true. a lot of full-time families that homeschool. You already work from home. I mean, it's a perfect setup, Nino. It really is. It really is. Uh, don't tempt me uh, and, and don't threaten me with a good time. So, All right. Yeah, I think uh, I think I could handle it um, for a while. I think what we need to do is we need to practice as a family. Mm -hmm. you know, like, could, we, could we really handle it? So, mm -hmm. I think maybe you don't give yourself enough credit. I think you do, like when you set off on this new adventure, I think things come, you know, and you just, you learn new ways of doing things that you don't get by practice because practice is like, hey, we're going to load up everything and go for a weekend. And that is a very different lifestyle than it is living full time on the road. Mm -hmm. So just. Good point. Maybe it's, maybe it just, maybe not now, but. <laughs> Maybe when you decide, it's just like a jump all in and just see what happens kind of deal. That's right. 
Well, I'll I'll have to uh, take that to the missus and we'll give it some uh, consideration. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm being told like just take just take the leap of faith. Let's go. All right. Why don't we talk a little bit about? Um, we're going to do like a throwback here because we're going to talk a little bit about the pandemic. What? Why? Not really, but we're going to, we're going to react to a, um, an online article in uh, one of our coaches reacts uh, episodes here where somebody was talking about how they paid off $80,000 worth of student loan debt during the pandemic and now wishes maybe they hadn't. And uh, I know that we've been talking student loans um, a little bit, Lately, because obviously with student loans back in repayment now, um, it, it was interesting to read an article uh, from like the other perspective, like, hey, there was a student loan pause. And it also meant that there was no interest accruing. And so maybe this was an opportunity to like knock out the debt. And that's exactly what they did. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about why maybe they thought maybe now they wish they hadn't. Before we do all that, don't miss out on valuable financial insights. Subscribe to the New Money Habit podcast today and unlock a wealth of knowledge to empower your financial journey. Stay up to date with the latest episodes as Sarah and I discuss practical tips, host expert guests, and have thought-provoking discussions on all things money-related. Hit that subscribe button now and join our community of savvy listeners. So, Sarah, I'm going to kind of tee you up here a little bit and tee our audience of listeners up. The headline read this. It said, my husband and I paid off $80,000 of student loan debt during the pandemic, but now I wish we hadn't. And this was written by Victoria Cabazos. Um, I thought that this was really interesting, but I wanted to kind of check in with you and see what stood out to you in this, in this, uh, admission from victoria mm -hmm. my first thought honestly was who says that they regret paying off debt <laughs> right like my very first thought is is who who regrets that um but as i read through the article you know i think she's got some great points and and what i love about i think what we're going to talk about today and her article is that you and I mention all the time, Nino, that your debt journey, your financial journey, how you pay off debt, how you save, how you invest, it's really very personal to what you want, right? And what feels right for you in whatever season of life you're in. And I really love that she put this out there because you don't see a whole lot of people writing articles like this. You really don't. You see a whole lot of people that are saying, hey, we paid off this and it feels so good, right? But you don't hear a whole lot of people saying, hey, we paid it off and I wish we would have done something different. Mm -hmm. And so I really love number one that she went out there and she put something that is, um, it's definitely thought provoking, but it's also like, ooh, I want to read this. Like, let me click on this and let me hear her thoughts on what changed or, you know, um, why, why take all the time and the effort and the energy to pay that off and say, gosh, I wish we would have done something different. So um, I just want to say, I really love that this is a great illustration of finding the path that really works best for you is what is best, right? And how somebody else doesn't does it 
isn't necessarily going to be the best for you. Um, and I just love the way that she breaks down some things. And I love that we're going to talk about some of those, um, those pieces that she mentions yeah. here as well. Yeah. I think the point that you just made that I 100% agree with is the idea that she offered a different perspective right? where like you said, who regrets paying off debt? And if you are in certain personal finance circles, you might think, well, that's exactly what you need to do, like pay off the debt. And she goes on to say herself that um, her and her husband were gazelle intense. And so if you're in specific circles, you know exactly where that verbiage comes from, but that they were gazelle intense and they wanted to take advantage of the student loan repayment pause. Um, but you know, hindsight's 2020, so they did it. Um, and when she looks back on it, not that there's necessarily regret, regret, but there's like a, Hmm, you know what? I just kind of went with the first thing I could think of, or this cookie cutter approach. And now that she has an ability to kind of step back from it, look at it a little bit differently, she realizes that something very common happened and that is what we call opportunity costs when you decide that you're going to do one thing with your money it means you can't do this other thing with your money and so whether that you buy a house and so you can't do this other thing or you buy a car so you can't do this other thing or you save it for retirement so you can't do this other thing it no matter what the decision is it comes with an opportunity cost it means there was an opportunity to do something else you couldn't do that. And sometimes you look back on that and you're like, that is perfectly fine because it worked out exactly the way I wanted it. And sometimes you look back on that with a little bit of regret and say, man, had I known then what I know now, maybe I'd have done it differently. The good old hindsight is 2020. Right? Mm -hmm. if, if only there was a way to know ahead of time, but no, you know, and I agree. And, and she doesn't necessarily go in, in this article into different, you know, what season of life they were in. I, I don't really know how old, um, they are. Um, you know, if, if I'll just be honest, if I were coaching her and her husband, you know, these are some of the conversations that we would be having, you know, how old are you? What are your actual goals? What are some, some, um, areas that you really want to focus on and why is that important to you and kind of break down some of that. So she doesn't necessarily go into some of those in this article, but she does go through and I'll just bring up the first thing that she says um, that, that they paid off over $80,000, you know, of student loans. Um, but she wishes she would have done some things differently. And the first thing she mentions is she wishes they would have saved for a down payment on an investment property. Mm -hmm. The $80,000 would have gone a long way, for, you know, in the housing market um, in 2020 and 2021. Um, she did say that they purchased their first home, you know, during that time. So I find this a little interesting that maybe she would have, I'm taking this as she would have rather put that $80,000 towards the down payment mm -hmm. of their home. Because it does say that she they bought a duplex. So I'm assuming if you buy a duplex, you're going to live in one side. You're going to rent out the other. House hacking is a common term for that. Um, 
And so that'll be bringing in some income. So interesting that um, instead of paying off student loans, she wishes she would have saved that money for a down payment. Um, I've got a couple of theories on this and a couple of thoughts on this um, as well um, to dig a little bit deeper. But curious what you thought of when, um, you know, she mentions that's the first thing she wishes they would have done. Yeah, you know, I think it is about that opportunity cost and, and feeling like she missed an opportunity, whether it was their place and putting more money down or maybe even a second place. Uh, it was unclear. But this idea that um, she said, like leading into that, she said, part of me regrets sinking so much energy into paying down a balance that was not growing, accruing interest or making me any money back. And that last part where it's like, here's this $80,000. And sure, she had debt that she needed to pay. But it looks like she was looking for an opportunity also to invest that money in something that would offer return. So again, whether that's the duplex that they buy, and it's like using that money to keep the, the mortgage lower. And so that way, the rents that they're earning every month go farther, or whether it meant buying a, a secondary property and that same concept like now i'm acquiring an additional asset that asset's going to make me money she goes on eventually to talk about even having possibly bought uh, etfs or getting into retirement sooner so it looks like interest rate is something she was kind of contemplating here where it's like the student loans were not growing because the interest was on pause and there was an opportunity to make the money that they were paying the debt off with actually work for them to make them some money. So there's there's that, right? You're getting 0% back on your money by paying off the loan, but you could have possibly be, been making money in these other investments. Yeah, and so, and that's interesting. And again, now I just want to dig in, like I want to know the real numbers, right? Because... I'm just sitting here making some notes and I guess my mind also goes to, you know, what was the interest rate of the student loans when it picks back up? Because paying, she says they had about $110,000, they paid off 80. So that leaves, if my math is any good, about $30,000 worth of debt. So when they do start back up, you're only paying interest on the 30,000, not the 110,000. That's a significant mm -hmm. difference in interest accruing on that debt. Um, so while it's not, you know, you can look at it, the term making money in a lot of different ways here, right? And, um, opportunity costs could apply to that as well, right? That paying that debt down, you know, you are now only paying the interest on $30,000 worth of that instead of 110. That's, that shouldn't be overlooked, you know, just because it wasn't accruing during those times doesn't mean that it's not going to start back up again. Um, something to be aware of and something to take a look at, right? And, and that's where now I'm just the, the math nerd in me, right? The numbers nerd, I'm just like, okay, what are the actual numbers here? Because I'd really like to dig in and see how does this actually work out in their favor? Or how do the numbers actually play out in all of these scenarios? And I think, you know, I don't necessarily want everybody and certainly to any of you listening. I think it's good to make a really informed decision, right? And in our world, I think banking and an informed decision, the numbers matter, 
right? Mm -hmm. Like really putting it down on paper and you can really get into the weeds on a lot of, you know, a lot of things. And I don't want people to go into a rabbit hole necessarily, but making a really informed decision is only possible if you get into some of those weeds and you really start digging and saying, okay, what does this really afford us to do? Right. What what does this really allow us? What are the opportunity costs? What are we saving? What are we gaining? Where are we making? Where are we losing? Right. And really go through the numbers and then make your decision, whatever decision it is, base it off of that. Maybe they did this. You know, her and her husband, she didn't say, you know, the the article didn't go into that. But I really want our listeners to know that that. I encourage people, and that's why we dig in, that's why you and I dig in with our clients, right, is to to see what really is the best option for them, for you, in this moment right here. And let's look at what the numbers play out, too, because I talk a lot about values, right, and how you spend your money matter, matters, and, and um, you know, I want you to feel good about the way that you're you're spending money. But the numbers in the end, they matter as well. And so um, I just want people to be intentional about it. Yeah. As you were um, kind of talking about how the real numbers matter and and looking at how that's going to play out, I think about a decision I made uh, even personally uh, in a couple of years back. I don't remember if it was 2020, 2021. at the end of the year, there was a, a significant surplus, and I had a decision to make. I could either um, contribute a, uh, that large portion of money to retirement, or I could pay down the student loans. And uh, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Here we are two years removed. I look back, and I can see what my decision, how the decision I made has resulted, and I could see, like, well, where would I have been? if I made the other decision. And so back then I decided I was going to put that money into retirement instead of paying down my student loans. I had refinanced my student loans into a 3.725 interest rate. And in the two years since I've put that money in, it has grown by 12.5%. So I can look at that and say, I made the right decision. Because I have out-earned by four times, three three and some change times, what I would have gotten. By paying off debt, you are basically essentially making the interest rate of your debt. So in her case, her, her interest rate was zero. So by paying it off, she made zero. If I would have paid off debt, I would have paid... I would have made 3.725% because that's the interest rate on the loan. But by investing it, I was actually able to grow it more than three times the rate that I would have paying it off. And so when we say that the numbers matter and you kind of have to look and put it down on paper and and then make an informed decision, I, I just wanted to share that as an example of what do you mean when we say that? And that's what it looks like. Yeah. And I think even again, it doesn't matter what decision you make you, you know, for some people, for me, I hate making payments. Like I really hate making payments. So if I get a large chunk of money, sure, I work through the numbers, but I am more likely to just make a big payment on something. If I have a debt or, you know, if we owe, I am more likely to just make that payment and pay it off versus investing it in something else. 
because I know my personality, you know, Mm -hmm. and I know what stresses me out. I know what causes overwhelm. I know, um, for me, what works the best, it would have to be a really great scenario, but I love it that, um, you know, she does talk about a couple of different things that she wishes they would have done. Right. Um, so you had mentioned, you know, the, the house or EFTs or even, um, you know, um, um, you know, for retirement and, and everything. And, and I think that I love that she's looked at, it's not just one thing, you know, she's Mm -hmm. like, man, we could have actually done a couple of different things with it, or here's three different areas that we could have made, you know, the, the, these choices. And, um, I love that she's had the forethought, right. To say, Mm -hmm. man, we had a lot of choices when maybe they didn't feel like they did. They thought their only choice. And she talks a little bit about that in here, but their only choice was to pay the debt off. Um, and so I just love that she's looking ahead a little bit, you know, and saying, you know, we actually had some choices and maybe now in the future, should something like this happen or a, a different type of scenario, she now knows, hey, we've got some choices. So they're going to look at it a little bit differently going forward. And I think that's the best way to use some regret, right, is to learn from it. And then how do we make some different choices in the future? Absolutely. Right. Learning. I was going to say learning from a a mistake. It's not really a mistake, but when we take information and experience and we learn from it and we help it, we allow it to help us make informed decisions going forward. That's, that's the best case scenario. There's one other thing I wanted to, to mention about like using the money for retirement. So she mentions, you know, that was one of her considerations. I just want to remind our listeners too, that Imagine in a year, she took $20,000 that she ended up using for the debt and put it in retirement instead. The other thing that she would have effectively done is reduced her taxable income by $20,000. So it's not the only variable as to whether or not you can earn more. If you also take into consideration how your decisions affect your tax situation, there's just another uh, variable to consider when making these decisions. Yeah. And that's a really good point to make. And something that I think a lot of times people don't look at, you know, they don't, they don't look at that um, when they're looking at making decisions. So that's a really good point to make, Nino. Um, Can I say too, that I love, and I'm going to, I'm going to actually quote her in um, what she says, but one of her points that she makes in her Um, article is, I would have stopped conflating net worth with my self-worth. I've spent so much energy demonizing debt in the past, especially student loans. Student loans have provided my family an education and a good job with benefits. Instead of being grateful for those, I focused on how bad it felt to owe money. And that's a direct quote from what she she wrote in her article. And I have so many things I'd like to say to that. I'll keep it minimal here. But Number one, I don't believe that most debt is bad. I think that people don't understand what debt can or how it can affect you long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I just said a minute ago, for me, I know myself and I have never had student loan debt, so I can't speak specifically to it, but I've had car payments. We've had um, a HELOC, you know, credit card, medical, um, you know, those types of debts had a mortgage, couple mortgages. 
for me and my personality, I don't like making monthly payments. I, I, I know it might all work out just the same if I'm transferring money to a savings account or I'm putting it into a retirement or I'm spending it on groceries, right? It's all leaving my account. But for me, owing somebody, it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. For other people and for a lot of people that I've worked with, it's not as big of a deal to them. And that's awesome, right? We're not here to demonize debt. And I think that it really is. It, it, and I've used language in the past that, that could be construed as demonizing debt as well. I think that that I really love that she said this because those student loans, and you've mentioned this even before, you know, that the education um, that you are provided, it does help you in life. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's helped you earn more. It, it's helped you get maybe a career that you loved. You know, my daughter, she has student loan debt. My son does as well, you know, and, and my daughter's still working. She's still in the midst of it, but she has all the plans. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that she's going to go into a field that is in direct alignment with, um, you know, the schooling that she's receiving and, and the, the, um, degrees that she's getting. And so I don't want to make it sound like it's terrible right? It's, it really isn't. And I just want to point that out. And I want to say that your net worth has nothing to do with your self-worth. So if you've got a high net worth or a low net worth or somewhere in between, it has no bearing on who you are, your value as a human in this world, your impact that you can have in this world. It has absolutely no bearing on that. Um, And I fell into that trap for a while. And I just want to hit that point home that your net worth is very different than your self-worth. Yep. Yeah, and I will reiterate that um, student loans, as much as I hate them, because I've had them personally, and so I despise mine, um, the, the truth of the matter is that education has opened doors and has paved a path that, Otherwise, wouldn't have been there. So before I started down the journey of uh, getting higher education and taking out student loans, I was making thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars a year. By the time I finished with my degree, um, I was in jobs that were, were paying sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars. And by the time I left corporate America, I was in a position that was paying me ninety thousand dollars a year. So the fifty almost $60,000 in student loan debt that I had at one point. I mean, I, I've now made that up in one year, right? And, and then every year after that. So the return on investment is there. The burden of debt, regardless of what kind of debt it is, comes with that weight. You know, when it's $60,000 in student loan debts, it just feels like a lot. You know, I work with clients who have $14,000 worth of student loan debt. And that feels like a lot to them. You know, she had 80. Some people might hear $80,000 and be like, I keep like, how do you get yourself $80,000 into student loan debt? Well, you know, depending on what you're studying, you might turn around and make 120, 150, $200,000 a year with that degree. So the return on investments there, but I, I can sympathize and empathize with the burden of debt just can feel like, oh, like, what did I get myself into? But I love that she took a step back and she realized, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
this this education has opened doors. It's provided opportunities. Maybe now I have a career I love and I can help to contribute to you know, the household and and providing for my family and what the in those things. And and there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of those things. Um, it doesn't mean we have to love the debt that we're carrying and be like, oh, I'm so glad I'm eighty thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> but to her point, we don't have to demonize it either. Mm-hmm. Right. And to know that again. I, I, I'm going to say it again, that your net worth doesn't have anything to do with your self-worth. Because mm-hmm. I think we attribute how much we make, how much we owe, all of that to us being good humans or us worthy. And, and I just, I love that she put that in there and that she has reflected on that. And, and that's a message that I think every single person needs to hear over and over and over again until they believe it. Yeah. Well, with that being said, I would encourage our listeners, if you're ready to take your financial growth to the next level and you're ready to dive into your self-worth over your net worth, you need to schedule a free discovery call with Sarah or myself today. During your personalized session, we will discuss your specific financial goals, gain clarity on your challenges, and explore how working with a financial coach can accelerate your progress. Don't miss out on this valuable opportunity to explore your self-worth over your net worth. Book your free discovery call today and create the new money habits needed to achieve financial freedom. Thank you, Sarah, for your uh, your insights and your reaction to Victoria's article. I know I enjoyed our conversation. And as always, we'll continue it next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.